What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascoms, joined as always by the man wearing orange and black, aka the Run DMC, aka Mr. Dan McAuliffe. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Maxwell, I am doing great. You're right. I am sporting a little bit of the uh, orange and black, uh, talking about a certain player a little later on that I'm very excited about today. Um, but you know what? I'm doing good, man. We got preseason football. Uh, so you, we get to watch fourth and third string quarterbacks kind of duke it out and kind of see who's going to get a little bit more playing time going forward. Um, but it means football is just on the horizon. So you know what? I cannot complain and I will watch it all the same. Football is here. Did you have a favorite preseason moment that you want to share with the gang? Absolutely. I mean, definitely a couple. Uh, It's always fun to see some of the the rookies getting some playing time. One guy in particular, uh, Mr. Terrace Marshall, ended up getting a huge gain, about 60, 66 yards, something like that, from uh, one P.J. Walker when we're talking about backup quarterbacks, seeing someone flash a little bit there, huh? Former XFL superstar P.J. Walker to you, sir. Hey, believe me, no shade here. But, uh, yeah, preseason was great. I got to watch all the rookie quarterbacks, made sure to check those games out. So uh, it's good. More more football to come. We got more games kicking off tomorrow night. But before we jump into any current players or games, I want to uh, quickly touch on – it's been a while since we did some reviews. So we got a review – actually came in in mid-July. Um, so I want to touch on that before we move forward. But a true dynasty – is the title of this review, Dan. And this Love was it. left by Goo Goo's for Life. So this is another fellow Goo Goo Dolls fan. <laughs> I used to try to keep up to date on all my Dynasty players in various ways, but nothing compares to listen to these two. And then in parentheses, amid their many compelling guests, so credit to all the guests, if you're looking for in-depth analysis, not just for top-tier players, but sneaky upside sleepers, rookies, and the like, you need not to look further than this all-encompassing podcast. I could listen to Dan's lightning round questions all day, and it is clear that Mr. Cascons holds the beacon of true player statistical knowledge unknown to most in this world. Five out of five. And no, I did not publish this under a different alias, Dan. I was going to say. That is a real review that we got. With that, with that particular alias, I, I was curious, but man, that's fantastic. I, I love it. I love hearing the feedback. Please keep the feedback coming. Dan, the reviews are so important. I know you... You just live your life by the reviews. You they're, know what? they're the they, most important they, thing in the world. They make my day. They make my day. They make us stronger. Uh, so you know what? I'm I'm stoked. We love seeing these come through. Uh, honestly, uh, if you write us a review, there's a hundred percent chance we're gonna read it because we just love seeing those uh, on a on a weekly basis kind of roll in there. So uh, keep them coming, please. Again, they make us better. Uh, and you know what? They brighten our day a little bit. So uh, take take both of those in stride there. So we have a beastly show sheet to get through. But before we jump into the show sheet, I debuted it last week when no one was around, just ghosts hanging over the mic with me. We got the tweet of the week and none other than our brand evangelist, Mr. Dynasty Dynamic himself. Oh, baby. There might be a little nepotism going on here, but uh, continue. Listen, this isn't corporate America. We can get away with whatever we want to get away with. Exactly. At DFF Moose tweeted just a couple days ago, T. Higgins will score more fantasy points than Jamar Chase this season. Write it down. Take note. Whatever the hell that emoji means. (laughs) Dan, I need your take on this, and I need it now. My take on this, um, honestly, 
I can see this happening. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be very close because Jamar Chase is a beast. Um, but T. Higgins is great too. And honestly, I think we're going to kind of have it as a topic of conversation throughout uh, the first part of this podcast. I think there is a chance for multiple wide receivers to succeed on this team. I had a feeling you were going to say that. So let's just segue it in. Let's just kick off the show because the man leading the show tonight talked about him on our first ever episode. He's probably your favorite player in the NFL right now. Talk to me about Mr. Tyler Boyd in this offense. Tyler Boyd. So we've got, uh, we just tossed out two other names, right? We got T. Higgins. We got Jamar Chase. They're the shiny new toys that everyone's super excited about, and they should be. Talking about Tyler Boyd here is not going to be tossing shade on either of these two guys. But what I see is a little bit of disrespect when it comes to D Tyler Boyd's ADP, especially when it comes to Dynasty. Right now, he is wide receiver 46. That's like a back-end wide receiver four. That's behind Curtis Samuel, Russell Gage, and Will Fuller, just to name a couple of the guys that I personally am taking him well before any of those guys there. So let's take a quick look, do a little history lesson here. Um, pass finishes in PPR over the last three seasons for Tyler Boyd. 2018, wide receiver 17. 2019, wide receiver 18. And then 2020, we had wide receiver 29. So let's take a pause for a second, though. For Through the first 11 weeks where Joe Burrow was healthy and targeting the heck out of him, he was wide receiver 11. And in those three, later on in the, in the season, he had three games that he was uh, basically injured uh, and was not getting any snaps there. So that wide receiver 29, I want to put it into context there because it doesn't fully tell the whole story. And in fact... I got a little stat for you here. Starting from 2018 through that week 11 in 2020, these are the only wide receivers with more fantasy points than Tyler Boyd. We got DeAndre Hopkins, Never Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Lockett, and Amari Cooper. Who's coming in at number 12? It's Tyler freaking Boyd. He has been a very, very consistent fantasy producer, but he's just not being treated as such. That's a fantastic group of people to be associated with. And I, I know I, I don't want it to seem too selective uh, with going up into um, week 11. In fact, if you go all through the entire week 17, there's only a couple other guys that creep ahead of him. So to look at that at a full sample basis, he is in great company. So why again... Going into this next year, do we see that he's just not getting the credit that he deserves? Um, again, noted at the top of the show, T. Higgins, his second year, had a great first season. And then Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow's like one of his favorite guys uh, coming from, uh, from college, now bringing him into the system, pounded the table for him. Um, so to take a look at last year, you had all three Bengals wide receivers saw 100-plus targets last year. So you had Higgins with 108. You had A.J. Green with 104, and then you had Boyd with 110. So when people say, oh, well, you had Jamar Chase coming in, he's going to soak up all these targets, gladly, he can. He can come in there, take all of A.G. Green's targets, which in fairness, he didn't do nearly as, as much as I think Chase will do with some of those targets, but it's not like he's going to be drastically eating into uh, the existing player's target share. You had a massive amount of targets be vacated there. Chase can come in and easily eat those up. 
because the Bengals are consistently in the uh, top third of the league in pass attempts with Zach Taylor. He comes from the McVay tree. He heavily utilizes wide receiver sets, uh, three wide receiver sets, and it's going to play nicely into this next year where Joe Burrow is going to throw probably again in the top third of the league uh, in total pass attempts. So I mentioned that because we've seen wide, three wide receivers succeed in fantasy. Uh, looking back last year, we had uh, the Bucks. All three wide receivers, when you had Antonio Brown come in in Week 10, were all averaging 16 or more PPR points per game. There's a way that you can set up, have certain uh, teams in the league have multiple wide receivers, two and three, uh, survive as a whole. The other aspect of this is there's a certain amount of protection to the opportunities and targets that Tyler Boyd is going to see because Tyler Boyd is the slot king. And I'm going to read off why. Tyler Boyd slot stats since 2019. You had 126 catches, which is tied for second. You had uh, uh, 1,515 yards, which is first. And you had 31 uh, catches of 15 plus yards, which is, again, tied for first. He is one of the kings of slot yards in this league, and he doesn't get enough credit for that because it actually is a really valuable position. Actually, Mike Taglier put out an article, How Do Slot Targets Affect Fantasy Football? It's super interesting. If you haven't uh, checked it out before, he's over at Fantasy Pros. Uh, he's awesome at being able to delve into some of the stats. And in short, I mean, I'll sum it up for you. In half PPR, slot targets are worth 5.5% more than perimeter targets, mostly because of increased catch rate. So you can forgo some of those kind of longer bombs, et cetera, because you're getting catchable targets. Um, Boyd has practically zero competition for the slot for the other wide receivers. They're perimeter guys. They're big alpha guys. They're going to be set up uh, flanking either side. And it's going to just leave so much opportunity uh, in the middle in the slot, uh, which is an area that Joe Burrow loves. Uh, Justin Jefferson was his slot receiver, and he absolutely killed it in college. Um, so when you take a look at what Burrow is going to continue to do, he's going to need a dump off target, uh, because they did not improve the O-line whatsoever. So there's so many different things and factors that come into this that I just wanted to make sure people were reminded of because Tyler Boyd consistently proves out that he's a very talented wide receiver. He is now given a quarterback who loves to target the types of wide receiver that he is, him being one of the best types of that wide receiver. Um, so Things are pointing up overall, and I really just do think that, yes, we have these great new shiny toys uh, with Chase and Higgins to be able to come into the team. I just think that he's been disproportionately driven down in ADP when he has a great opportunity of being a wide receiver too yet again, which is honestly kind of where I see most of the Bengals wide receivers netting out this next year. They're all going to be super close. There's going to be a lot of target distribution. Uh, and I think you're going to be happy with any of them in the end with their production. But I think you're going to be happiest when it comes to Tyler Boyd's ADP versus his production this coming year. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot of arguments from me on that ADP. Um whatever you said, 46 wide receiver, 46 feels yep. a little egregious. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me early career, early mid career Jarvis Landry. I guess we are mid career Jarvis Landry it was kind of one of those automatic startup picks in the mid rounds. If you needed a wide receiver to slot into flex or something like that. And to see him falling that far is, is tough. I mean, yeah. that's not, it's not tough. It's great to draft, but I mean, it's, it's definitely disrespectful. You're not going to get an argument from me there where you might get an argument from me is 
I think the issue I see here is statistics, predictive analytics, whatever we want to use. It's usually only as useful if the past is going to be like the present and the future. Yep. And this offense has changed a lot in the last two years, right? New quarterback um, who really only got to play 10, 11 games. You bring in two massive talents at wide receiver, right? I, I don't think you would disagree with me to say that both T Higgins and Jamar Chase are bigger box checkers at the college level than Tyler Boyd ever was coming yep. out of Pittsburgh. Nope. I'm, I'm not going to argue that. And so the question I have is when you add those tiers of talents, everything needs to stay equally as efficient for an offense to thrive together. Right? So, so Tyler Boyd has historically not been a super efficient wide receiver. So Outside the top 45 in yards per reception the last three years, 47 was his best finish, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really just thrived on that slot monster aspect, just getting peppered with targets out of the slot. Yeah. Um, touchdowns haven't really been a factor. Four touchdowns last year, five the year before. His best so far in his career was seven touchdowns in 2018. Um, and, you know, the Bucks comparison is an interesting one to show how you know an ecosystem of three top receivers can thrive but burrow's gonna have to show me a lot before i deem him tom brady right yep, tom brady totally number one in money throws last year according to player profiler number one in air yards per attempt so pushing the ball down the field and number two in touchdowns so i agree tyler boyd's adp is absolutely egregious happy to draft him there i think maybe the projections that you have based on the past, a eh, little bit up for debate right now with with the influx of talent in the offense. Yeah, and I think that's totally fair. And I think the one thing that you kind of mentioned there was the efficiency aspect. Uh, and I actually would almost argue he overcame uh, some of those kind of issues that he would have with efficiency with bad quarterback play. He's getting now going into the future, Joe Burrow. In the past, he had Andy Dalton, like Ryan Finley, and a, and a bunch of other guys there. I think we can argue that, yeah, while we might see some of the total volume uh, that he was re- receiving in kind of those earlier years, the 2018, 2019, um, he is going to make up for in just better quarterback play it, with a type of quarterback who likes the type of wide receiver that he is. So it is hard, right? I mean, that's projecting into the future. Unless all things are staying exactly the same, you don't always have that full confidence, right? But with the trade-offs, just like you're saying, if I do anticipate that his his uh, total targets might go down a little bit, I also hope those targets are worth more because they're coming from Joe Burrow, a guy who I think both you and I are really excited about. We've covered him on other shows. And before the injury, was set to actually surpass uh, Herbert in a lot of different um, records that Herbert was setting there, uh, or at least his efficiencies that were going on. Like that's, I, I think people are really kind of down on knowing what Burrow was actually on the brink of being able to accomplish before his injury there. So um, I think you're right. There's certainly plenty of new talent there. It's very hard to project into, but at the very least, I think at the ADP gap that we're seeing Boyd, where you're having to really, uh, you're having to aggressively pursue Higgins and Chase in uh, startups right now uh, at a value that you really hope they're going to return immediately. My argument at the very least is Tyler Boyd is going to return value at his ADP right now. And I honestly think he's going to surprise people with a couple wide receiver one weeks and a very uh, consistent amount of wide receiver two weeks. That you will get no argument from me on. So let's pivot from a guy who got a big QB upgrade um, to another wide receiver who maybe got a 
side grade? I don't really know. <laughs> um, let's talk about my guy, Mr. DJ Moore. Um, been pounding the table for this player for a while. And I wanted to quickly lead this off with a quick stat for you, Dan, because every time I see DJ Moore's age, it always surprises me. Only seven wide receivers in NFL history have reached 3,000 receiving yards at age 23 or younger. The list is Randy Moss, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, David Boston, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> Hakeem Nix, and now, welcome to the club, Mr. DJ Moore, still only 24 years old. And DJ Moore is one of those players where I just, I can't avoid him. We, we, we were in a mock draft. It's like, oh, I'm drafting DJ Moore. We're in a startup together. Oh, I'm drafting DJ Moore. I'm sending trade offers for DJ Moore. He feels like somebody who is not disrespected, maybe the way Tyler Boyd's ADP is, but always slept on a little bit. I mean, 24 years old, playing last season at age 23, and he was number nine in receiving yards. But the problem was he was only 28 in fantasy points per game, and that is because he has had a touchdown problem. Much like Tyler Boyd, getting the ball in the paint has been a problem for DJ Moore. Um, but I think that, you know, there's there's just so many good things when you look at the advanced metrics about him. Number five in air yards last year, getting those targets down the field. To compound that, he was number eight in unrealized air yards. So really just not always seeing the quality targets from the quarterbacks last year. Uh, and in 2020 as a whole, he had 28.8% of Carolina's receiving yardage. So like almost a third of the team's total receiving yardage on just 16.7% of the team's receptions, and that is courtesy of Mr. Rich Rebar, the stat god. Um, I'm excited for DJ Moore this year. Yeah. The offense, the defense is going to be terrible, and <laughs> I am really hoping that if Sam Darnold can do nothing, he can just chuck the ball up to his playmakers. Um, you see Terrace Marshall come in. We know what Robbie Anderson is capable of. But the alpha in this offense has always been DJ Moore. And I think he was a little bit misused, miscast last year. Um, and I think we're really going to see. I'm, I think age 24 is finally the year where we see DJ Moore for real. I think he has so much upside this year. And if, if it's going to be on a team, I want it to be a team with a terrible defense and a quarterback who will chuck up YOLO balls. So what are your thoughts on DJ Moore? Yeah, I, I do like DJ Moore. I do a lot. And I honestly, I think it's a guy that people always just expect the world of and he just hasn't been able to fully realize it yet. And that's where you started to, the ADP to creep down because I think honestly over the past two years you'd have a lot of people ranking him in their top 12 uh, dynasty wide receivers and I think he's just starting to creep out of there now. Not saying his potential has changed at all, um, but I think people are now... Uh, those who were really excited when he came into the league, him not living up to that expectation, you're starting to see people uh, just kind of shift their their path a little bit. And uh, to your point is what I'd say is nothing's really changed there. In fact, probably things have gotten only a little bit better uh, for his uh, opportunity going into this year. So as you said, I think a lot of it just hinges on uh, Sammy, Sammy D, Sammy Darnold and his ability to execute there. I think both you and I have said uh, that there's still some, we still hold, uh, keep the flame lit for him and, and hope that he's able to do um, what we hope he can do this year. Did we say that? Only, yeah, we, we on did. record saying that? We, I we might did. have to go scrub we that did. Yeah, you might have somewhere. to go scrub that a little bit. Um, and again, no, we're not, we're not pumping his, uh, his tires too much, but uh, he, he has the ability, he, 
if Sam Darnold's going to succeed, he has to succeed with these guys because he's being handed a great opportunity, especially with the opportunity to be uh, throwing the ball to DJ Moore. Absolutely. And I mean, this is somebody who's competed with, I mean, the elitist of elite, maybe other than Alvin Kamara, um, pass catching back in the NFL for the last yep. couple of years, right? Exactly. So Christian McCaffrey breaking running back records, DJ yeah. Moore still eating. So let's keep it within the same offense and talk about one of our favorite rookies. Um, you already mentioned his preseason highlight reel. Let's let's talk about Terrence Marshall a little bit. Let's talk about Terrence Marshall. Yeah, he's a he's a guy um, that we were excited about from the beginning, right? Uh, actually, I think in our at least in my pre-draft uh, rankings, I think I had him as my wide receiver three. Very high on him. Love uh, the 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 uh, profile as a whole. Then we see him uh, drop a little bit, but not much. He still goes in the second round to the Carolina Panthers. Um, from a physical standpoint, 6'2", 205 pounds, 85th percentile speed score. Uh, and the big thing that you and I always love, age 19 breakout while competing with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And pepper in a little CEH in there as well with uh, taking 55 receptions uh, in his year that he was playing there. Um, looking at college profile 2019, he had 671 receptions with 13 touchdowns in 2020. 731 receptions with 10 touchdowns uh this past season and that's only in seven games because only he ended up getting games. hurt that's crazy <laughs> um and overall just as the the type of target he was uh, he didn't drop a single pass in the red zone at lsu by the way uh with 25 total targets there he's a reliable dude so going forward uh i truly believe this guy's the limit when he first landed in carolina i was like ah you know what? okay i don't know but hey found out later on that the coaches uh, had him very highly ranked going into this draft and they were stoked to be able to get them where he did where they did uh, and the way he's producing in camp right now again coach speak camp highlights all of that type of stuff but he's not doing poorly I gotta say that he's looking pretty good so at least I'll take that with a grain of salt there uh, they're talking about him being able to be the big slot uh, while still being able to play the outside big slot is great for rookie uh, wide receivers because it just it welcomes more playing time than typical and it typically welcomes more targets so if you're looking to get someone who's going to get a jump uh, earlier on in the season hearing that he's being able to be positioned in that type of role while still being versatile to go outside that's great news for fantasy. Uh, so I'm big on that. Um, Robbie Anderson, love him, was able to produce, again, another um, system last year that produced uh, like three top uh, wide receiver, uh, 36 or higher, uh, was Carolina with Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. Um, Robbie Anderson did fantastic last time, but now in going into 2022, he's an unrestricted free agent. So there's a big chance that Terrace is, is going to easily start to prove himself out this year and fully take on a lot of the targets that Robbie Anderson has uh, should Robbie Anderson move on. So I think you need to be able to take a look at this. And honestly, I kind of view this as a, uh, a Brian Edwards uh, of last year where you were buying Brian Edwards really for this coming season, this 2021 season. I uh, weren't expecting him to be doing anything huge in 2020. Terrace Marshall, I honestly, I think you have to temper expectations a little bit, but I think there's a couple areas that he's going to do really well in. And if I'm going to make a bold prediction right now, Max, going into uh, this year, I seriously think with the type of, opportunity that Terrace is going to have the type of uh throw it up and he's going to come down with the type of player that he is 
I actually am going to make the bold prediction that Terrace Marshall leads the Carolina wide receivers in touchdowns this coming season. Uh, I'm crazy. I really, I really want to uh, defend this harder than I can, but I just talked about DJ Moore having a touchdown problem similar to Tyler Boyd. <laughs> I so I don't really have a leg to stand on. Uh, I don't hate it. There we go. Hey, all, all I'm looking for right now is don't hate it. As long as you don't set it absolutely on fire because it's a fire take uh, as it is right now, I think I'm, I'm thinking all right with that reaction there. So, All I can say is if you're ever leaving a startup that you did a month or two ago and uh, you know you get a notification midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever it was, and it's like multiple second rounders offered from Dan McAuliffe for Terrace Marshall, that's oh. how you know you drafted the right guy. Yeah, um, yep, exactly. And, uh, big target. Big target for me this offseason. Huge fan of the talent. And uh, I don't think I want to see him lead all Carolina wide receivers in touchdowns. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. But it wouldn't blow me away if it did. We shall see. I'm excited about it regardless. He's a fun player. So So let's round out the show sheet. And when I was putting this together, I kind of couldn't believe that we haven't really done a deep dive on this guy yet. And that is Najee Harris, the bruiser back coming out of Alabama. 6'1, 232 pounds for those of home, for those at home who haven't dug into this Ooh. guy yet. Um, absolute beast at Alabama. If you watched that team last year, helped carry he and Devonta Smith uh helped carry that team to a national championship. This man is coming off a 1400 yard, 43 reception season, Dan. And this is not your dump it off and gain two yards type of running back. He averaged 10 yards per reception last year on 43 receiving uh, on 43 receptions since 2000. The only running backs over 225 pounds to have more receptions in their final season are Saquon Barkley and Steven Jackson. That is some elite company for those of you not young enough to know who Steven Jackson was the fullback that used to play running back. <laughs> That is some elite company. And Dan, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to keep it very simple. I am telling you and the listeners, Najee Harris is going to finish this year, barring injury, right? Asterisk on all our predictions. Yep. Najee Harris is going to be an RB1 this year. Ooh. You heard it here. I'm not yep. sorry about it. He is built to thrive in every single aspect of an offense that scores fantasy points, and he's going yep. to be an RB1 this year. I'm not going to argue that one bit. I love the kid. I love uh, what I've been seeing out of uh, just camp and all the preseason stuff there. He apparently is the hardest working player on that team right now. Uh, they have to kick him out of the uh, off the field and out of the offices sometimes because he's just putting in the work. So to know that he has all that uh, pass production, fantastic. Uh, but the NFL is a different game, and if you're not preparing for it, uh, then you have just as easy a chance of being a nobody uh, going into the next year. But this kid has it, and I am very, very excited to see what he does in the course of this year. I love it. All right. Our friend Gugu's for Life said he could listen to Dan rattle off rapid-fire answers all Ooh. day long. Let's so what it. better way to cement that review than with a rapid-fire section? Are you ready, Dan? I am ready. Let's go. Barring an injury. Does Jalen Hurts start 16 games this year? Okay. So I didn't say for the Eagles. Just saying. <laughs> um, I'm going to say yes. The only other guy that they have right now is Joe Flacco, who's apparently doing very well at camp. 
Um, but he is not going to be taking the reins away from Jalen Hurts. Apparently, he is winning over the locker room. Uh, love of his his fellow players. The only thing that tosses a wrench in here is a trade. And the only trade I could see is a weird Deshaun Watson one that's not looking good right now. So locking in the answer, barring injury, does Jalen Hurts play uh, start 16 games this year? Yes. Yes, he does. Michael Thomas, buy, sell, or hold right now? Ooh, you are... You are buying or you are holding. I I I can't sell him. Oh, don't tell that DFM. I know, I know. Um, oof, Michael. Um, <laughs> no, I already had a conversation with about that. But yes, no, you are you are you are buying or you are holding. Uh, he is still a good talent. You're seeing what Julio Jones is doing later into his career. Uh, he's absolutely uh, someone that you want to find a way to be able to get onto your team on the cheap, and be willing to wait through most of this season. But he's still worth buying. Does Brian Edwards finish as a top 24 wide receiver this year? Oh, man. Top 24. I I, I got to say yes. I got to say yes. I, if anything, you willing it into the world. I think the he's more in the, the heart wants. Exactly. I think he's in the 25 to 30 range. But you know what? I'm going to put him just at the edge. He will finish wide receiver 24. <laughs> Is Darrell Henderson going to be a workhorse running back this year? Oh, man. Yes. Yes. Um, I believe he is. The only thing that I think he maybe loses out a little bit is some goal line work. I think he got a couple other backs that are going to maybe steal a little bit away, but I think he's going to disproportionately have more carries than some of those other running backs. All right. Last question. Save the toughest one for last. My solo show last week on a scale of one to 10. Was it a nine or was it a 10? Oh. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> All right. It was a 10. Tyler Boyd, you professed your love. You've been professing your love since the first day we Absolutely. started this podcast. So I went and Googled me some Fantasy Pros Dynasty rankings. You used the Googles? Okay. I used the Googles. And I found some guys that were relatively close, right? Um, right. Within the ballpark. Do you want Tyler Boyd in Dynasty or do you want Cortland Sutton? Ooh. All right. And just, just, you're saying these guys are going around in ADP. Uh, that's, it's their dynasty ranking. So dynasty. they're where their ADP should be. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I am going to say in that scenario, I see, uh, Cortland Sutton as more of a true wide receiver one. Again, I know what that's Tyler Boyd right is, answer. but Cortland Sutton. Tyler Boyd or Kenny Galladay. Oh man. That's it's hard. Kenny Galladay's had such such a fall from grace in my eyes there uh, on a team that I just don't believe. That's another person in. you talked about on our first. I know show. I did, and he was doing great. Ah man, I I'm I'm personally taking Tyler Boyd. I know that doesn't feel good at all, but that no, I'm taking Tyler Boyd no, over Kenny Galladay. That's not the answer I expected. Uh, all right, Tyler Boyd or another guy on the show, Terrace Marshall. Oof. Ah. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, these are hard. These ones are close. These, these are hard. Oh God, this is gutting. So long-term, long-term is Terrace Marshall. Long-term is Terrace Marshall. I do believe he's going to be uh, producing more at Tyler Boyd overall. I think right now you can take Tyler Boyd and you can get uh, Terrace Marshall plus, but in the long run, if we're saying just over the next three years, I would take Terrace Marshall. I'm not sure you can flip wide receiver 46 and ADP for Terrace Marshall plus right now. I think you can. I think you can. 
Tyler Boyd, if you can do it, please do. <laughs> Tyler Boyd or Rashad Bateman? Uh, I hate that he's injured right now, too. It's not fun. Oh, it's a dynasty show. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, I, again, I think in these scenarios, you have to go with the guy who truly has the wide receiver one opportunity. I love Tyler Boyd, and I don't want my saying uh, this guy over Tyler Boyd means I don't love him because, listeners, I do. But it's Rashad, it's Rashad Bateman here. He's fantastic. He has the, a great opportunity to be the true wide receiver one on his team. Uh, same reason why I'm saying it for uh, Terrace Marshall being a high-end wide receiver too. Maybe not the wide receiver run. Max will kill me if I say that. But, um, I yep, Rashad Bateman uh, over, uh, over Tyler Boyd. This is so surprising. I did not try to undermine your Tyler Boyd love here. These are just guys that are very close. And I either picked guys who are more of true number ones in an offense or guys that haven't proven themselves, but are significantly younger. So I'm actually surprised at some of your answers. So yeah, last one This is a weird one, but it makes sense. Given the context today, today, August 18th. Sorry. I couldn't see the date on my computer. August 18th, 2021. Are you taking Tyler Boyd or Michael Thomas? Oh, man. Today. Today I'm taking Tyler Boyd. Today, I, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Look at this fall of yep. fall from grace from Michael Thomas. And that's, again, why I think he's such a, I think he's such a buy. I literally think you're going to get um, people who are going to be putting um, Boyd above him, and that's, that's just fine. You're going to have plenty of other players that are going to be floating above him right now because today, yeah, I'm taking Tyler Boyd because I think, honestly, he's going to produce well into the season, and you can flip uh, for a, a decent profit later on. Yeah, Dynasty's I mean, a weird place, man. Dynasty's a weird place. <laughs> it is. I, I riffed on it a bit last show, but, I mean, if you do, if you are in the camp that considers Michael Thomas, this is a lost season. I mean, he is turning 30 at the start of next season. So yep. he is so tough to value in Dynasty yep. right now. So exactly. Tyler Boyd come back at the end right there over <laughs> yeah, Michael Thomas. Exactly. Oh, what, do we, what do you bet, like <laughs> three to two or <laughs> give or take? But, hey, I will take it. So before we get out of here, uh, I wanted to do a quick shout out um, because the music for our podcast is supplied by a man named Anthony Rainville, um, yes, formerly sir. of a band called The Press War, amazing musician. And Anthony's got a new project called Jaws of You. Um, they just released their first single. You can find it all over the interwebs. I like it on Spotify where I listen to all my music. Um, so I just want to let the people know he is actually, I believe the song that we use uh, for our intro and outro was a B side that he never wanted to release. When we started using it, there we he go. was like, ah, you know what? Maybe there's some juice here. So I think eventually you're going to be able to hear our theme song on Spotify. Awesome. Love it. You heard it here first folks. Trendsetters in the music. Exactly. Industry. That's, that's what the dynasty dynamic strives for. Not the dynasty rankings, just the no. music stuff. Just <laughs> So getting out of here for today, great job with the rapid fire. This is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in.